Our scripture reading this morning is found in Paul's epistle to the Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the 17th through the 32nd verses. That's Ephesians 4, 17 through 32. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord, that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If you indeed have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, you'll see that the sermon this morning is entitled The Growing Season. And uh, I think that this is just a fit time for to, uh, another label for the season of Advent. Because we're supposed to be looking at our lives and, and asking ourselves, have we really let the King of glory come all the way in? And uh, we all find those areas of our lives that still need the light of God's word to be shed upon them. And so I'd like to begin this morning by, by sharing a story. It'll be a familiar one to you, I'm sure. There was a, a man who was being tailgated by a stressed out woman on a busy boulevard. Now, I'm sure it was around Christmas time 
And you can just imagine all the, in the holiday season, all the things that she had on her mind that she was trying to get done, her to-do list and her gift list and all the different lists that she had going on. Probably parties that she was either going to have to get ready for at her house or at church or somewhere else and all the hubbub that was going on. And uh, you could just find yourself in a hurry up mode sometimes. And the pressure can just mount this time of the year. Well, suddenly the light turned yellow in front of this guy and he did the right thing. He stopped at the intersection, even though he could have beaten the light by accelerating and going on through that intersection. He did the right thing. He stopped. The woman that was tailgating him hit the roof and the horn. At the same time, she was beside herself. She was screaming in frustration as she missed her chance to get through the intersection, just following right along behind him. While she was still in mid-rent, she heard a tap on her window and she looked up into the face of a very serious police officer and the officer ordered her to exit uh, the car with her hands up. He took her to the police station where she was searched, fingerprinted, photographed, and placed in a cell. And a couple of hours later, a policeman approached the cell and opened the door and she was escorted back to the booking desk where the arresting officer was waiting with her personal effects. He said, Ma'am, I'm very sorry for the mistake. You see, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn and making obscene gestures at the guy in front of you and cussing a blue streak at him. And then I noticed the Choose Life license plate holder and the What Would Jesus Do bumper sticker and the Follow Me to Sunday School bumper sticker and the chrome-plated Christian uh, fish emblem on the trunk. And so I hope you understand. I just naturally assumed that you'd stolen this car. <laughs> well, this time of the year, for some strange reason, can bring out the worst. Christians can lose their religion uh, very easily because their feelings are on their sleeves and uh, just all this tension going on. The point of this story is very important, for it is this time of the year. Somehow, the holiday season, a lot of good Christians just don't act like it. Now, a lot of experts will tell you that it's because uh, we have unrealistically high expectations this time of the year. Others will say that it's the financial strain that people have uh, obligated themselves uh, uh, to. Others uh, that it's because of the crowds uh, or the fact that they're going to have to be around relatives that they really don't like at all. In fact, interesting, I found a survey this past week is from a few years ago. It's probably worse now than it was then, but several years ago in this survey, it was discovered that here in the United States, 35 million of us 
resented having to be nice during the holidays. Amazing. Amazing. Well, so all these people think they've got all these different reasons why. But I'll tell you the real reason why. And we've been looking at it. It's just habit. We get into habits and uh, we're going to I'm going to go through this a little bit. You know, we spent several weeks in the past two months talking about how important it is to read your Bible. And last week we looked at how the eye is the light. Uh, that's where the light comes in. It's the portal to your soul and to your heart, to your mind. And uh, what you're filling your soul with, what you're filling your mind with, what light you're letting in is what's going to make a difference. This is God's word. And in this, he has laid out the way of salvation, the way to have a wonderful daily relationship with him, and also how he wants us to relate to each other, both those who are saved and those who are unsaved. He shows us how to have the most wonderful life. And before that, we learned, I, I, I talked to you about the fact that we are made up of three parts, body, spirit, and soul. And the soul, and we talked about this last week, the soul is where our feelings, our emotions, and our thoughts lie. And last week we reviewed that. It's where your mind, your will, and your emotions reside. And if you'll recall, Hebrews 4.12 says, The Word of God is living and powerful and divides between the spirit and the soul. Now, when you're born again, your spirit is quickened and made alive, but your soul has been picking up bad habits for years. And uh, the thing is that it's being exposed to the word of God and God's will that shows us how we need to be training our soul. Our soul has to learn new ways. That's what Paul was talking about uh, in, uh, in Ephesians, the fourth chapter that we were just looking at. He's saying you need to be laying aside these things and putting on these there's a process of growth. And in this time of hyped up emotions and anticipations and all is a wonderful time for you to use God's word as a mirror and make sure that you aren't keeping on an automatic pilot like you've done every year up to this year. Let me give you just a real simple example of how, how this works, how the soul, it's been learning things and sometimes it has a hard time unlearning things. Whenever I, I learned this from a, a, a choir director, a minister of music at our church in the Woodlands years and years ago, he said that some people have a hard time singing the familiar Christmas carols and Christmas songs. And the reason why is because they first learned them as children. And so whenever I start to sing Jingle Bells, I nearly always start singing Jingle Bells. Jing I start in a higher voice. 
And then I have to come back down. Jingle bell, you know, into my real voice now. See, my body has changed. My voice box has changed. There have been changes that have taken place in my life, but somehow my soul still doesn't have that down quite right. We have been transformed. We are new creatures in Christ, but we have these old habits and Christmas is a time of memories and a time of all sorts of things. Another way that you can see this, uh, some of you uh, have grown children. It's amazing that a, an adult child can go out and actually make a living in the world and can actually uh, take care of themselves and, and take care of other people. And then they come back home and all of a sudden they're just little kids again. And the same squabbles are going on between the kids. It's all just like they never left home. Have you ever noticed that? Well, that's just it. That's just it. It's because we are creatures of habit. God gave us the gift of habit so that uh, we don't have to think about every little thing we do, like starting the car. You don't have to. Okay, now how? Oh, I, I need a key. Now, some of you have to remember now you don't need the key anymore because you've got fobs and you're still digging in your pocket for something you don't even need. You see, it's we're all we get this stuff all down. And it's the same way with our actions. We still have learned. We've been trained from the childhood time to act and behave and react. And you see, it's your reactions that really show what's in your heart. And so there are these ways that we need to be growing. There are things that are no longer acceptable to the Lord. There are those things that he wants you to, to put aside so that you could put on other ways. And so I just want to talk to you about that uh, today. Uh, you see, we've got all this stuff. I just find it fascinating that uh, it's like, at this time, when we celebrate the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, into the world, that all these things, many times negative emotions, start to rise. Well, let me go ahead and tell you right now, negative emotions are a gift from God, just like the light on a dashboard is uh, something that helps you. It helps you to see that something's wrong and something needs to be done. And so uh, whenever you, this season, if you find yourself with negative emotions, just tell yourself, that's a red light on the dashboard. I have something I need to do. The Holy Spirit is speaking to me now. Lord, how would you have me handle this situation? And whenever you do that, it is wonderful what the Lord can do for you. So you see, uh, I've been preparing you for the last three or four months for this season by looking at the body, mind, and soul, and, and, uh, and also looking at God's word and bringing us to this point. So now then, it's time for the practicum. It's time uh, for to put this stuff into practice. The next few weeks are going to be your internship in the kingdom of God. 
Now's the time to roll up your sleeves and get busy. This holiday season is going to be the proving ground for your faith. The past week, I've been looking at the book of Hebrews, and uh, I'm in the, about the 11th chapter now, and uh, Paul's talking about how the forebears, the forefathers, lived by faith, lived and died by faith, and especially Abraham. If you'll recall, whenever the Lord told him to do something, he did it. And it says that, the, that he believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. It doesn't say he believed in God. It says that he believed God. He trusted God and he believed that God kept his promises. He believed that he could just turn it all over to God and walk with him. That's what he did. He told Abraham, won't you just pack everything up and take out and I'll tell you where you're going later. And what did Abraham do? He just packed it all up and he took out. Later on, he said, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son to me. Abraham trusted God that God could handle it. And uh, he said in the Hebrews, it says that he even trusted that he could, that God could even raise the dead because this was his child of promise. Even though circumstances looked bad, he knew if he trusted God and obeyed God, everything was going to be okay. And so you see, it's more than mental assent. It's believing and acting on those things that God has made clear to you. Now, I can tell you from experience that this is a scary, a wonderful, and extremely rewarding way to live. Because I like risky things. And so faith is fun for me because I know I've got a backup. I know no matter if I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do, he's going to make a way. No matter how crazy and how horrible it looks, he's going to make a way. So now is the time. This season is the time uh, to let some of that light that we talked about last week start to shine. Our scripture reading today tells us to put off concerning your former conduct the way that you've been doing things habitually up to now. The old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, the new person, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. <clears throat> to just quickly give you a handle on all this, I came up last night with three R's. Just remember these three R's as you're shopping, as you're in family gatherings, and uh, in all different places that you are. The first R stands for rule. And you know what rule I'm talking about, don't you? The golden rule. That seems to be one of the things that we just throw aside. Do you? Let's say it together. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Okay, so this next week, 
or maybe even later today when you're in the parking spot looking for a parking place and you see one and it's going to be a race to see who gets to it first, let them have it. And you'll be amazed. The Lord will have a better one for you or you'll get more exercise. One of the two. It's going to be cool either way. But the main thing is your heart will be in a better place than if you zipped in front of them and waved at them, you know. So uh, anyway, but that's it starts in the parking lot. It actually starts driving in traffic, getting to the parking lot, doing to others as you would have others doing to you. Uh, in the parking lot and then you get into the store oh my goodness okay I just there's there's one of the item that I wanted to get in the size that I need right there and that lady's heading right for it so there's a race for that okay so let them have it God has something better in store for you uh, or for the person you're getting ready to buy that gift for you know, so anyway, just do unto others as you would have others do unto you. When you get ready to check out and you're walking up there and you see that there's a checker that's just opened up. And if you can get there, you can get checked out real quick. But here's another woman or a guy with a cartload of stuff. And you can see they're heading for the same place. If you're not careful, you're going to subconsciously pick up your pace and try to get there before they do. So the thing is, forget about that. Just go ahead. Let them have it if they get there first. In fact, even better, bless them. Say, oh, you go first. Isn't that a lot better than fighting over stuff? and grasping and clawing for things. And that's what people do this time of year. It's incredible. So just remember when you're in the store, when you're checking out and the poor harried clerk checks something out twice, don't bark at them. Be nice to them. Just call it to their attention. You don't have to be ugly to people. What sort of a witness is it to other people? You know, if you were that person when you make a mistake, do you want people to chew on you and to yell at you? Or do you want people to gently understand? And let's just work this out. You know, so that's just it. There's all these things in the store. The golden rule starts there. Okay. Relationships. Let's look at the rule, rule number or the R number two. So it's rule relationships. And yes, there's some of you they're going to have to come within a close. And maybe this past Thanksgiving, maybe you're still just getting over being with that crazy cousin that never, you know, the, the whoever, you know, or the, 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 the person, the sibling that you have had an ongoing battle with for ages, a child, you know, who knows what it is. You may have just gone through some of this stuff, but the thing is, there's more to come and you can go into that in a different spirit and a different heart. If you're willing to just open yourself up and ask, okay, I'm feeling because she did this to me back 45 years ago. And to this day, yin, 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 and it's all going on. That's that negative light blinking. 
Those negative emotions are there. So what do you do? He's already told you what to do. And I've told you, I review it at least once a year with you. Forgive. Unforgiveness brings the most misery to the holiday season, I think, than anything else. Yes, there are other things. There are other things for sure. But relationships, and I'll I'll just go on to the last R here. It's a very, very simple thing. And yet it's the hardest thing in the world to do. Okay, so we've got rule, relationships, relinquish. Relinquish means let it go. There are some things that have been bugging you for years, and it's never changed. And every year at this time of the year, it comes back, and it may be a depression. It may be a heartache. If it's something bad that happened to you, get alone with the Lord. Relinquish it to Him. Let it go and receive what He has for you this year. There are so many things. Uh, there's People just hang on to things that just keep them. And the Lord said that He came and uh, He announced His, his whatever He first opened the scroll of uh, Isaiah and read from it in His hometown. He, ex- he announced why He came ultimately to free us from our past so we can live in the present and look forward to the future. And there's some of you here that have been hanging on to things that you need to let go of. I just double checked just to make sure. When I was a little kid, I heard a preacher talking about how they would catch monkeys uh, in different parts of the world. They would either take a narrow-necked vase or they'd use a calabash gourd and uh, they would stick fruit in it and uh, the monkey would reach in and grab the fruit and then wouldn't let it go. And so they're dragging this big thing around and they can't get away. Well, I, I just I went online last night and sure enough, I found this place where uh, the title of you want to check it out. Just Google trapping a monkey in colonial times. And there's a video that was actually filmed in 1912 of a uh, uh, of a, a group of uh, people in uh, some some place a long, long time ago, a long way ago, that uh, they uh, it, it, they filmed them take a gourd, stick the fruit in it, and they tied the gourd to the limb of a tree. And the monkey came out there, stuck his hand down in there. It's like, oh man, what have I got myself into? And he struggles and he tries and he just can't be get free. And so they come up and they just take the monkey. They've got him and uh, shows him at the end. He's got a buddy there. They got another one too. And they're getting along fine with the people. They just, uh, I guess they got to eat the fruit or something. But anyway, the thing is, if he had just let go, he could have pulled his hand out and been free. This Advent season, the Lord is calling on you to let go of some things that you have been holding on for for a long, long time. It may be guilt. It may be a heartache. He has healing. He has forgiveness. He has newness of life 
for every one of you, but he can't give it to you until you let go. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.